Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we are super excited to have Jade, who is a resident physician, who's going to tell us all about what it's like to be a mother going through residency when you have two huge jobs and lots of responsibilities upon you. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk about this topic today. So can you briefly tell us about what you are doing in residency and about your role being a mother and a resident and balancing them both through residency? Absolutely. So I am currently what I would call a super 30-year resident. Um, we can That'll come up some more later in the, <laughs> the conversation. Basically, I because I took a maternity leave, I had to put on what I took off. So I have a couple extra months. So I'm in my last seven weeks of my third year of residency. I am in California, Loma Linda, California for family medicine residency. And my intern year of residency, I had my baby girl, Ava. And so, and I'm currently pregnant with my second pregnancy. So I'm pretty well equipped to talk about pregnancy and motherhood and residency. So for those that are looking to consider having a baby in residency, what are some things that you would advise someone to think about before talking about getting pregnant with their partner? That's a great question because I think the very important thing to think about is the interview season. And I was very purposeful when I was interviewing because I knew that I probably wanted to have, my husband and I wanted to have children during residency. And so that was an important aspect of my interview. And it wasn't necessarily always direct questions. It was a lot of indirect you know, examination as well, looking at are there other female attendings? Are there other female attendings with young children? Are there other residents that are pregnant at these dinners or are there young children and babies at the at the dinners that we have? So those are important questions. And I would also, you know, at the resident dinners where you typically can just talk to the residents alone, I would ask them questions about, you know, did any of you have babies in residency and how did the program handle that? And so those are important questions that, that I looked at when I went to different programs. Those are great things to consider, especially when you're making those observations. You don't even need to just ask the questions, but Mm -hmm. you can look around and see what everybody is doing in regards to whether they have children, planning to have children, or even pregnant. And residency is hard, especially when you're going through intern year and you mentioned having a child then. So what are some tips that you have for balancing motherhood, pregnancy, and being a resident? Yes. So for me, having a supportive partner and spouse was essential for me. I don't know if I could do it without my husband, who one has a very flexible schedule. He works from home. He's in technology and he's able to do a lot of the daycare drop offs. He's just my partner, you know, night shifts and babies crying in the middle of the night. It wasn't just me. We would we would share those responsibilities. So that was a huge part, making sure that I had support. We're alone here in California. Our families aren't here, but the two of us make a great team. So that was very helpful. And then also a big part that I had to adjust to, which is not my normal type A personality, is learning to go with the flow and figuring out as I went, you know, not knowing that I won't have it all figured out 
before baby gets here. And so that helps me once I realize you just have to be flexible when you're a mom. And now I'm super curious about your sleep schedule because you mentioned that your husband helps out, but did you have a new perception on what the actual sleep meant when you started to realize how often a baby cries? Oh yeah, and my baby didn't really sleep well the first year of her life, especially the first (laughs) eight to 10 months. So it was a whole new world and whole new level of exhaustion. However, again, my program was very supportive and I purposely, you know, picked and matched high a program that was very supportive in motherhood. And so I think just having the support of my program, the support of my husband and everybody knowing that, hey, I'm going to do my absolute best. I won't make an excuse because I'm a mother. But if I'm exhausted, then people know why. And and people were okay with that, you know, and it it all works out. Yeah, especially if you show them some cute photos of your baby. Yeah, that helps. (laughs) So moving to a new city means that you have to find new doctors. And whether or not you are currently pregnant or even thinking about getting pregnant, you want to find an OBGYN in your new city or a family medicine provider that will deliver a baby. So do you have any recommendations for finding that provider in a new city when you start your residency? What I did was because I'm a family medicine intern or family medicine resident, and this was my intern year, we rotate through OB-GYN as one of our core rotations, specifically intern year. So I happened to have my OB-GYN rotation before I got pregnant. And so that was very helpful. And I was like, you know, secretly scouting out who I would want to be my OB based on that experience and who I worked with and who I wouldn't want to be my OB. And so basically I already had my OB selected. I was like, oh, if I get pregnant during residency, this doctor will be my doctor. And it happened to be a doctor that was a private practice doctor, but just had delivery privileges at our hospital. And so no residents could work with this doctor. And I really liked that benefit. And she was just amazing. So I had already pre-selected her in my mind and she has been the OBGYN for both of my babies. Outside of that, if you don't aren't have, you know, an OBGYN or family medicine resident and don't work directly with them, then word of mouth is huge, you know? Um, asking other residents, asking other attendings who their OB-GYN is. Uh, that personal touch and knowing like why they picked them and especially how it works with being a resident or in medicine and, you know, the rapport with the doctor, All of that is really helpful. I think even more than like obviously Google reviews. Well, I love that. That is such a great interview for you to be able to interview them on their job. Right. How they interact with their patients. Yes, especially behind the scenes. You know, you learn so much. (laughs) And, you know, if someone finds out that they're pregnant during residency, one of the people that they need to tell pretty early on is the program director. So what is the best time during the pregnancy to make them aware? And did you ask them for a meeting in person or did you describe this via email? So that's a great question. And I, the simple answer to that is when you feel comfortable and when you want to. How that worked for me with my first pregnancy was, you know, it was obviously my first time being pregnant. We were a little more nervous and hopeful that, you know, we'd make it past that 12 weeks, you know, mark that typically makes you know, you feel safe about the pregnancy. So basically before I announced on social media around 12 weeks, because I'm 
friends with most of my colleagues on social media, I sent an email to my program director and I let him know. I think I also CC'd my program advisor and I just let the two of them know that I'm pregnant. We've just made it to 12 weeks. We're going to be announcing it and I want you guys to know. That's what we were most comfortable with with the first pregnancy. Now with the second pregnancy, the current pregnancy I have, I told my program director much earlier because unfortunately with this pregnancy, I had hyperemesis uh, gravidarum and was very, very sick. And I was on inpatient long hours uh, medicine and I would have to leave often to vomit, <laughs> you know? Oh. And so I just let my team know that, hey, I'm only like seven weeks pregnant. I typically wouldn't tell people this early, but I'm super sick. So just in case, you know, during rounds I have to leave and go vomit or something, just know that that's the reason why. And so I let my program director know earlier for the second pregnancy for that reason. That is so helpful to learn because we all look at pregnancy and think about all the exciting parts about it and all the doctor's appointments and these ultrasounds. But you also have to be aware that you may get ill and nauseous and that it's important to care for your own physical health when you're dealing with other patients because your mental health is really important just as well as your physical well-being. That's right. And so, you know, during residency, you mentioned that you are taking extra time. And so I'm curious if you could describe how that works with maternity leave that leads someone to then take on a few extra weeks after their co-residents graduate to finish up their residency. Yes, and this would be another um, question to know because this may be program dependent and state dependent, but I can, I'm happy to share my experience. So for my program and for most programs I've heard about, most of the time it's what you take off, you put on. Meaning if you take four months of maternity leave off, then you get that four months tacked on to the end of your training. And so that's that was the case for me. I took four months off and I, somehow I ended up with three months tacked on because I think a month of um, my vacation time counted towards it. But what you take off, you put on. You in the same number of blocks that you should have to fulfill your graduation requirement basically still have to be fulfilled. And I say the state requirement component because every state has a different, um, basically a different requirement for how long you can take off and where your job is still secure. And so in the state of California, we have up to six months off where you can take maternity leave with, with job security. So I chose to take four months off. I let my program know that, and then they just rearranged my schedule. And did you ever feel pressured to return to work any earlier? No, and that's because so many of my co-residents have had babies. It's uh, we are a very baby-friendly program, and so it's my program is very familiar with how to make that adjustment when when people get pregnant. Which really brings back to the point that you discussed earlier about those interviews where you do ask those hard questions to some of the residents or even the program administration if this is something that you're interested in during residency. Absolutely, because you don't want to be surprised or stressed out in a time like that. And during pregnancy, you have a lot of hard things to think about. But then after you have that baby, not only do you have nights with little sleep, but then some people also choose to breastfeed. And so what are the best ways to balance residency and breastfeeding when you have these long hours when you're at work? 
Yes, and I, my first six months back, I attempted my breastfeeding journey, you know, trying to continue it. And it's hard. I mean, breastfeeding in itself is tough, but breastfeeding during residency is is doubly tough, I would say. And so I think it's all about communication and finding out what type of accommodations are available within your program. For example, with my program, when I was in clinic, they were able to build time into my schedule, a breastfeeding slot, basically like a patient slot, but it was time for me to pump in each half day of my clinic. Now, I don't know if every program has that availability, but that was an accommodation that my program was able to make. And on inpatient, however, you know, we would round on our patients and things like that. So I would be pumping during pre-rounds, basically when we'd be talking about the patients before rounds. And then we, I would be rounding, you know, and I'd be fine then. And then after rounds, I would just pump again in the call room while I'm doing notes. And my coworkers just got used to hearing the sound of my pump. It was just, it just became normal background noise. So um, that's kind of how it worked for me. You just figure it out and figure out, okay, well, what accommodations can be made? Can I actually go off and go into a room or do I just need to pump while I work? And most of the time it just was easier to just pump while I did notes. Well, I love the idea that your program director built in that slot in the outpatient setting to allow you that time to breastfeed it. That really is something that all programs should advocate for in regards to their residents, because this is a part of your day that not only takes time, but breastfeeding also takes a lot of energy. And so it's great that you have that time set aside to be able to do it. Yeah, it was, it was it was all a blessing. I've I've been really blessed with this program for sure. And so let's talk about supplies because we always, you know, bring along a lot of stuff when we're going to the hospital, whether it be, you know, the stuff for our patients uh, with the stethoscope or, you know, whether it be some snacks that we want handy when we get hungry. But when you have a baby and you're breastfeeding, you also have to bring pumping or like maternity supplies with you. So are there any that you would recommend purchasing to make breastfeeding easiest during the workday? Yes. So in addition to my normal work bag, I definitely had a great breastfeeding bag. So of course, having that on your, your list of things, and most of them have like a built-in cooler component. Some of them have a section for your laptop as well. So you can make it one separate bag, but it was easier for me to just take two different bags. Um, of course, bottles. So you have your cooler component and your ice packs, whatever you need, if you don't have a fridge available to put the milk in. So you end up having that type of kit that you carry everywhere, right? It becomes your pal. Um, and then of course it has room for your breast pump in it as well. And as far, what I, the main thing I learned once I was working, which was different from when I was on maternity leave at home, I just learned that having a cordless, hands-free breast pump that fits in your bra is way more, it's like, if I could do it all over again, that's what I would have had because you don't want to have these big cones hanging out and have to get a shirt to put over or one of those, you know, covers, breastfeeding covers to put over. But the ones that just go right in your bra, there's several brands like Willow or Free Me or LV. They're more pricey, but it makes a huge difference when you're going to be on the go to just have something in your bra and just be hands-free and no cords. So I use the Spectra, which is a, a standard pump. Um, and then I eventually bought the type of inserts where they fit in your bra, but they still had cords attached to the Spectra. So if I did it all over again, I would have that cordless hand-free pump. 
And to be clear, these are also investments that you can reuse in the future, correct? If you have other children in the future that they still haven't come up with any other innovative techniques to make it easier? Of course, of course, especially if you do it within the, you know, within years and the battery still works. Yes, definitely. But most of the people I know reuse their pump and I, the pump I already have, I'm going to reuse. And so after you have the baby, you mentioned that a supportive spouse is really key in making this easier. And your spouse has a flexible schedule, as you mentioned, but some people may not have that flexibility. And so do you have any tips for finding childcare during residency that fits within the hours, which are really long when you're an inpatient family medicine resident? Yes, and this was a huge, aspect that I had to do a lot of seeking for. It wasn't an easy find for me, but my daughter has been going to childcare, um, to daycare. We call it school for her, but it's daycare. She's been going ever since I went back. So when she was four months, she went, but most daycares take them at starting at six weeks. So, and also most of them have really long hours. I think our daycare starts at 6 a.m. and they close, you have to pick up the baby by 6.30 p.m. So that works for my inpatient hours for the most part. Um, my husband would have to drop her off because I sometimes I'd have to be there at 5 a.m., but I would always be out by 6.30 p.m. to pick her up. So those hours worked really well. But how I found them, it wasn't as easy as I hoped because um, the hospital-affiliated daycare here had a two-and-a-half-year wait list, so that was out. <laughs> um, so from there, I literally just had to Google you know, daycares near me or daycares and put in my city and make a list of them. And on weekends, I think like three weekends in a row, my mom and I just went and toured like four or five at a time. And then I just like rated them based on quality and and hours and which ones were nice and the price. And then I picked the one I liked the most. That's literally how I did it. It was like finding a house. (laughs) Yeah. Or a college. Wow. And also it's you know, something that people have to consider in regards to their budget, because it is expensive. And you have to recognize that it is a necessity when you have to work long hours, and your spouse is also working as well. Yes, there was definitely um, sticker shock when I saw the prices. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have provided us so much insight that is so helpful in regards to thinking about being pregnant and thinking about being a mom during residency. Is there anything else that you would like to add about fertility, pregnancy, or motherhood when you're a resident? The main thing I would add is that just the encouragement to female physicians or females in in medicine that you can do it. It is doable. It's been done before and it can be an enjoyable experience Um, and that there's never a perfect time to have a baby in medicine. And so to just do what works best for you and your family. And I've really enjoyed motherhood and residency. And once you're doing it, you really don't remember not having a baby in residency and it becomes your new normal. So it is doable. It takes flexibility and it takes some, um, you know, sleepless nights, but you get through it. And, and I've, I couldn't be happier. Well, after doing this in residency, you'll think everything else is much easier comparatively hours wise, I'm sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have today with Jay. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McCloyd for the music. And be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another resident, fellow, or awesome leader in medical education.